Hello, and welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Like the biochemistry is that buying things makes you feel better. No, I know it releases endorphins and all like that. Like like, yeah, there is there is some science behind that. That's why people like, owning stuff keeps you further from death. It's like building a wall of belongings between you and the Grim Reaper. <laughs> if you have enough stuff, yeah, you might be able to keep him out. You can't, but you can make a fortress of. My, <coughs> I bought. My I bought, mother went to Texas, and all she brought me was this T-shirt. <laughs> I bought ten digital loot boxes today. How long will that get me? How so, long will that stave him off for? The digital downloads are a little bit tougher. That saves you from like existential death. <laughs> are those different reapers? Yeah, you gotta. I mean, one reaper can't do it all. It's sure, a big that's world. Fair. So, yeah, he's he's split it off into. It's a franchise. <laughs> So that's where midlife crises come from. Yeah, it's like it's a just, different reaper. That's just a little reaper who's come to take your child. He's not. He's not the grim one. No. <laughs> he's uh, trying to think of how to describe a midlife crisis in a snappy, in a marketable, <laughs> and something that would make someone buy a bumper sticker. Yeah. I don't have a great, <laughs> a great marketing pitch for a midlife crisis. It's not a thing that people want. I just need a snappy, like, because uh, it's not grim. Your midlife crisis is not grim. And maybe it's just the sad reaper. It's not grim? Oh. Yeah, the grim one's for I was going to say, like, a midlife crisis is very much a grim thing. <laughs> but but it's, if we're, you don't get the reaper named grim. Yeah, if we're scaling it, like, grim is our, our extreme scale. That's, that's the, your body's done and you need to find a new one. This one expired. Is it the fling reaper? The fling reaper? Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's for like the the death of marriages or or relationships via infidelity. <laughs> so it's it's very granular, the reaper system. Look, you find a niche market. Sure. And you own it. <laughs> and that's what they've done. I think maybe it's just the sad reaper. Are they all working together or are they com- are they competition amongst one another? Like who will get to you first? That's a good question. I'm sure there's a little bit of both, depending on which so reaper business. So it's healthy business. competition within the same business. Like between uh, uh, departments, basically. Yeah. Like uh, the financial reaper works well with the uh, the mental health reaper. <laughs> they one comes for your student loans, and then the other one follows for your dignity. This is just a general collection process. Yeah, it's just it's They're, just a repossessment of. They are the repo men of something. So you're saying, you're saying that the the mental health reaper is just Danny DeVito looking for scraps. <laughs> like what? One of you guys messed up. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rest. What's that dignity or does um not dignity reaper like. Self-pity, reliance, by Waldo Emerson. 
Self-pity reliance. Self-reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Re- respect was what I was looking for because the Reaper already came for me. <laughs> Self-respect Reapers come by. It took that word from me. <laughs> yes. By Ralph Waldo Emerson. And there comes the Depression Reaper following right behind. How long was that? Is that enough? Yeah. No. <laughs> Be funnier for longer, Tyler. Crack that whip. I don't know. I've already run out of Reapers. There's so many of them, though. And you gotta buy stuff to fight all of them. <laughs> what if Reapers are being manufactured by corporations to make us buy more things? Reapers are literally being manufactured. I got some of him in my loot boxes. <laughs> I was gonna say, we haven't talked about the Overwatch Reaper yet. <laughs> if we do that, I'm He's just there gonna... just as a reminder we of what we're fighting for. Quit this and play Overwatch. So, it's a dangerous road you're starting down. <clears throat> We gotta get loot boxes. So many good skins. I'm still waiting for that patch. This might speak to a couple people out there. <laughs> I'm waiting for the patch that either... I'm waiting for the patch that makes Genji unplayable. Unplayable. <laughs> unplayable. I want him... What happens to him? He, uh, His hitbox needs to be Roadhog-sized. <laughs> they need to take away his double jump, his melee and range damage... I want I you know what he should be he should be the blob. You move very very slowly but you will eventually destroy everything if you're not kept in check. Sure. That would be an interesting character dad. An gets, unstoppable ooze. One who gets better the longer the <laughs> like match you, goes. Like you like you cannot die but you do move very slowly. And they have to find some way to contain you or keep you occupied or you can just eat the payload. That requires a lot of extra mechanics that I do not think Blizzard <laughs> wants to add. That is kind of like a MOBA thing that I've noticed in some that I've played anyway. What is? Like there, are, there are specific characters and classes that sort of suck in the early game, but as you get going and get their, their stats up, they become unstoppable. So it's, sure. It's like a slow burn, and yeah. you just have to hope yeah. to get there. Yeah, I think it's it's like a viable design thing to have. People who like shine early and yeah. shine late, but that's what I want. That is my tip to Blizzard: get rid of Genji or just make him so bad that no one plays him. I am I am sick of playing this this survival horror game <laughs> that you have created. Maybe just like an even an event to test it. Like, an event, yeah. Oops, Mercy's science went wrong, and he's like huge now. He's the Blob. <laughs> he's the Blob from the movie The Blob. All his bones are jello. Genji became a fly. He got tra- <laughs> through mad he science. Got, he got trapped in the in the matter transporter with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Genji woke up this morning and was a cockroach. It's a good book. It is a good book. So, I, I emotionally relate to Kafka more than I should. <laughs> it's the, how do you feel about bugs? I don't not, think not good. I don't think that's a healthy. Probably not. Statement. But like, you, I, I read Kafka and I'm like, I just want to be friends with this guy and, and maybe I, like, like I, give him a hug. Yeah, I'd be down to just like sit and chill with him for a while. I don't say that I am Kafka deep down. I just yeah. like you, you don't whisper that at night. That's not how. That's not the name I whisper to fall asleep. Those are not your morning affirmations in the mirror. <laughs> I am Kafka. I'm just as good as Kafka. No, I, I read his. There's something about his voice that makes me want to like go go hug him pat, and, pat. and chill and just be friends. 
Yeah, they're weird stories. Yep. Good summary of Kafka. <laughs> by, by Gordy, noted academic put scholar. That back, put that on the back of the anthology. They're pretty weird. Yo, these are weird. <laughs> Gordy Murphy. I could print I could print some with my label maker and just go through bookstores and add like add my blurbs to the bag. Just spoilers on the back of every book. <laughs> Spoiler alert, this book be tripping. <laughs> Gordy Murphy, noted academic scholar. You think Barnes & Noble would stop me if I walked in with a label maker? Uh, not if we distracted them for you. <laughs> not if it was a a plan. Yeah. What if you holstered it? Um, like here's should, the thing. You should I, go waving one around. I feel like if you can carry a gun into a Barnes & Noble, they cannot say no to anything that falls below that level. Do they still stop you, or do they have they started to stop you from taking books into the bathroom? I have no idea. I would, I've been in some locations where that's a thing, and somewhere it's fine. I I don't think I've ever brought a book into the bathroom. Yeah, I'm not sure, like for any reason. I mean, I I do for regular times. What but about bathroom readers? No. That's what they're made for, Gordy. No thanks. They were built for that purpose. No thank you. <laughs> Or all the books with John in the title. There is one thing you should be doing in the bathroom, and it requires 100% concentration. <laughs> Gordy, I hope someday you get page mastered and then beat up by bathroom readers. <laughs> <laughs> be a good sequel to that book. <laughs> What's his name? Is it Kevin? Yeah, or maybe. Is Kevin? it always Kevin? It's, in all movies? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of Macaulay Culkin. Right. As, a, like, as he is now, which is like 40... Maybe. Or something. I don't know how old he is, but like whatever his current age is, say plus like seven years, gets sucked into a, a, a bathroom reader <laughs> while he's while he's on the can. It'd be just a little bit of a different tone. Christopher Lloyd just knocks on the bathroom door and says, it's time. <laughs> directed. I've returned. Written and directed by... Terry Gilliam. That'd be all right. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. If, if anybody has to do it, he's the one. He can do it. It'd be like a Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, but worse. <laughs> but Macaulay Culkin on the shitter. <laughs> but, and, that, and that is a good title for a movie. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin takes, takes a dump. Happily ever after.